Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Welcome to Live Free Church. I'm Colby. We're doing a three-week series um, called Killing Loneliness. That we look at society today that, that people are more lonely than ever before and yet we're so digitally connected. If you go to um, Chapters or Indigo, if you go to Amazon, like there's books written about how digitally we're so connected yet we're so alone because we don't have authentic human connection. They say that loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Stats say that 43% millennial women were more afraid of loneliness than a cancer diagnosis. You see, it shows you and I that great friends is a rare thing. You know, when you leave great friends, when you leave your best friends and go somewhere, like that's a moment where you actually feel lack. You feel like you're, you've lost something in your life. One of my friends said to me that, that lo- leaving his great friends and moving to another spot in British Columbia was like losing his arm. It's like losing a part of who you are. You're losing a part of yourself. A year ago, my wife and I, we moved to Kelowna from Salmon Arm to start a church. We were passionate about Kelowna, passionate about reaching Kelowna, passionate about making Jesus known, passionate about reaching the unchurched in Kelowna. We moved here knowing it was going to cost something. Right, the comforts of being a part of established churches for our whole lives, but moving to Kelowna to be part of something brand new. See, we had a whole team that was around us. Incredible, remarkable people who moved here from Salmon Arm to Kelowna, got jobs here, uprooted their lives to, st- to start a church up in a brand new city. A church that we think in Kelowna needs lots of church plants. That we're, playing, we're praying for a revitalization of Kelowna, that churches would preach the gospel in such a powerful and dynamic way where prodigals and, and unchurched people would come home to Christ. You see, we had this great core team, but I remember this moment where we realized that, that we knew there was going to be a cost to planting and starting a church up in Kelowna, but we never knew the cost would see our kids my son Beckett, my daughter Stell, my daughter Evie lose their best friends, lose friends they've had for their whole lives. You see, I wasn't aware of that kind of cost. I remember one night my son, for months and months, would wake up in the middle of the night and just cry out, Why? 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 Why are we living in Kelowna? Why did I lose my friends? Why did I leave my friends? Like for my son, I think it felt like he lost a part of who he was, a part of himself. You see, I knew that there was going to be a cost, but I didn't know the cost was going to affect my kids. You see, when you have great friends and you lose those great friends, that you know what it's like to lose something dear to you, to lose a piece of yourself. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Four Loves, which, you know, there's a chapter in friendship. I think it's worth the book. Go and read it. Go to Amazon, buy it. It says that lovers stand face to face, but friends stand side by side. You see, what it it means for you and I is that we need people in our lives that are going to stand beside us. 
stand next to us. In our digital world, it doesn't mean that we actually have people just behind us. Followers on Instagram or TikTok. You know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that we just have people that follow us, that we actually have people standing beside us in our lives. Like, isn't that what we want? Don't we want people in our lives to stand right next to us, to look out into our lives and to see things how we see it, to be vulnerable with them, not just behind us, I think it's so easy for us to have friends that, that when we're spinning who we are and, and who we want to become in this world, it's easy to get people to follow behind us. But when people stand beside us, shoulder to shoulder, friends, it only, it only doesn't just change them, but it changes us. Today, we'll look at a passage of Scripture and it's talking about this idea of, of why you and I need true friends. And how do you and I become true friends for other people? It's in John 15, verse 9. If you have a Bible, go there. We use this translation called the CSB, Christian Standard Bible. And we think it's the most accurate, readable translation on the market. I love it. John 15, verse 9. It'll be on the screen also. It says here, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has a greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, and your fruit shall remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. You see, it kind of talks about this idea of why do we really need a true friend? See, in verse 15, it talks about this idea of you want to know of why we need a true friend. It's because we need a true friend who's just like Jesus. In, in verse 15, it says here, I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I've made known to you everything I've heard from my father. See, right there is a change of posture. Right? You're no longer a slave or a servant, but you're a friend. That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. I remember years ago in a staff meeting, one of my good friends, Nathan, was praying, and he says, Jesus, I'm so thankful you're my friend. At the end of his prayer, right, as we all are standing up to leave that room, this, this person looked over at Nathan and says, don't you ever say God is your friend. He's your king. And he's like, but isn't that in the Bible? <laughs> you see, when Jesus is using love in this passage, when he's talking about friendship, he's talking about a friendship love. The word comes up three times, and it's so clear for his subjects and for us that the word love in this context means a friendship love. See, Jesus is essentially saying to his followers, to his disciples, he's saying here is, as the Father and the Spirit and I have been eternally friends. So right now, in this moment, I am befriending you as my disciples. 
What Jesus is saying is that there's something in the Trinity that's the basis for all human relationships and connections. See, a lot of people are critical of the Trinity. They say things like, how strange, the Trinity doesn't make sense to me. There's three persons in one, one God in three persons. It doesn't make sense, but it's a really tough, complex thing to figure out. There's actually books upon books upon books. We could preach a sermon series for months on just the Trinity. But I want you to consider this, that without the doctrine of the Trinity, the world doesn't really make sense. Because the Trinity explains for you and I that we were created from community for community. We talked about this past week about that. You can go back and listen to it and watch it on YouTube or listen to it on Spotify. That we were created from community for community. But it gets to the point of how lonely are you and I? Like how lonely are we when we're at night at home watching Netflix? Like, do you know why you're lonely? It's not because there's something wrong with you and I. It's because you're not a tree. It's because you're not a machine. It's because you're not Siri or Google Home. My wife's always like, Colby, like why when, you, when you, I tell my Google Home to turn off, right, to stop the music, she's like, why are you yelling at that device? Like, my Google Home has no emotion, right? They don't know if I'm yelling at it. I'd be like, Google Home, stop it. Siri, turn the music off. Right? The reason why you're lonely, the reason why you need authentic human connection is because you're not a tree, because you're not a machine, because you're not AI. Right? It's because you're built in the image of God, and that's why you need a true friend. It's because you are like Jesus, and you need community like he has with the Father and the Spirit. See, Jesus says that we are no longer called servants but friends. It shows us that we desperately need a true friend. Someone who doesn't mark us for what we have done, but what has been done for us. It says in verse 12, it says here, this is my command, that you should love one another as I've loved you. He has loved you. He has shown you love. Shown you love. This is why we love. This is why we love other people. It isn't because we want to have merit. We want to try to work our salvation out. That he has Jesus has shown his love to us. And he has laid his life down for us. See, the reason why we need true friends or a true friend is because friendship with other human beings is indispensable for us. That nothing can replace them. There's no video game. There's no um, social media followers. There's no digital interaction that can replace authentic human connection. See, Adam needed Eve when he had a relationship with God. You see, at the same time, you have to realize, though, that Jesus is trying to say, and the Bible says it very clearly, that there's no human friend that will ever be able to satisfy you. There's no human being that can actually fulfill those needs because all human beings are imperfect people. If you actually live for any brief moment of time, you're going to realize that your friends aren't perfect They're going to let you down. But if you're going to spend the rest of your life looking for that perfect friend, that perfect friend that completes you, right? You're going to be bitter and upset because people let you down over and over and over again. You have to realize that Jesus is ultimately the friendship that you really, really need. 
to satisfy this deep need that comes from before the foundation of the world, before the foundation of time, and it's a friendship with Jesus. And Jesus says, when you follow him, when you put your faith and trust in him, he says this, I have made you not a servant or a slave, a friend. It's an amazing statement. Like no other religions hold out to this, right? Eastern religions say God is beyond emotion, that God is beyond grief and joy and fears. He is beyond those things. He is beyond friendship. That's what Eastern religion says. That doesn't sound like a great God to me. The ancient Greeks said that God was apatheia, which really means that he's apathetic, meaning that God is not capable of relationship. He's not capable of emotion. He's a robot. See, the Bible says otherwise. Even the Old Testament, it says here that Moses was a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. See, before Christ came along, the Jews had this idea, this construct, that they were a friend of God only if you were a very special or superb person like Abraham or Moses. But Jesus shows up and he has the audacity to say to people, his followers, friendship with God is available to everyone who wants to follow me and be my disciples. See, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're not a slave or a servant. But Jesus, what he says to you is, you're a friend of mine. You're with me. You have access to a true friend who's, who's always going to let you in. And he's always going to be there. And when you understand that Jesus is your true friend, a friend that's never going to abandon you, never going to forsake you, that he's a perfect true friend, it changes all your relationships. It shows you how to become a true friend because a true friend always lets you in. See, one of the most important parts of any kind of friendship is that you have to let people in. But so often, we have trouble making friends because often either you're not going to let people in at all, right? You're going to armor up or you're going to like overshare. See, I always love if you, if you see a university or college, and my wife and I used to always go when we lived in Edmonton, we'd go down and watch the first years, and they walk around with their books just like so terrified, right? But the, the best thing always happens in the first weeks of, of university is that people end up walking around sharing their, their whole life story with someone in like 35, 40 minutes, and all of a sudden they become like soulmates. Right? Like you open up way too much. Or your friend, and this is kind of where I land on a lot of times, is I don't let anyone in. Someone told me just recently, they said, you know, your life is kind of like you're playing, playing cards and you're holding your cards so close to your chest that you can't even see them. But no one can see your cards. See, friendship is simply this. It's two people leaning in. C.S. Lewis in The Four Loves says, friendship starts in a simple moment when someone says, me too says, oh, you live on my street? I live on this street. You go to this school? I go to this school. You like snowboarding? I like snowboarding. Like, that's where friendships start because that is the moment where two people are actually leaning into a relationship. 
You see, Jesus here is saying here, as I've chosen you to be friends, that you and I are not choosing him. He's choosing you first. See, you have to realize that Jesus here is trying to say, I'm leaning in, hoping that you lean back. What he's trying to say here is that, that I want to let you in to my life. I want to let you in to the depths of who I am. Someone says, well, you know, how, can we, how in the world can we have a friendship with God? See, Jesus Christ, it's really about a friendship. It's about a relationship. See, when you look at Muhammad, he writes a book, but he leaves a book and he dies. See, what do you have? You have a, a book from Muhammad. Buddha leaves sayings. When does he die? What does he have? Sayings. But when Jesus Christ, when he lived and he died, what do you have? You still have him because he's alive. Because he rose from the dead. See, what we have is this depth in Christ. Not just these hollow sayings or an empty book. We have a living God who is coming into our lives. See, when you look at this passage, it doesn't sound like someone who, who isn't available. It doesn't sound like an emotionally unavailable dad. It sounds like someone who is leaning into your life. When it says, As the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Remain in my love. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. What he's trying to say is, I've laid down my life for you. See, Jesus lets us in like anyone else. That we get to know the depths of God. We need to realize that a friend is someone who always lets us in. They let you into their life. When you look at the Gospels, you look at someone, you look at a God who let us in to the depths of despair. We need to partake in the fact that Jesus didn't just die on the cross, but he rose from the grave. Like Jesus is letting you and I in. And it's a pretty remarkable place to be. It's a pretty remarkable feeling to have, to have a God who created everything. And what he's saying here is, I'm leaning in I'm letting you win. See, a, a true friend is always, is always letting you in, but he's also always there. See, in verse 13, it says here that Jesus Christ says, that here's, my, here's the greatest love of all that a friend can do is to give his life for a friend. Now, I think a lot of times what he's saying here is that you can't be my friends unless you see I've laid down my life for you. Like, you know, what's so big about that? You look at any movie in our society, any movie in our culture, and they're always about movies about people laying down their lives for their friends. We can say, well, maybe this is a great point where, you know what, the, the praxis for friendships and relationships, the whole point is that you have to sacrifice something. So you have to realize that it's such a bigger construct than that, that a friend is always there. A friend is never going to abandon you. And Jesus is saying here is that, that my friendship, of my laying down my life for you, is not going to abandon you. That say if I lay down my life for a friend, right? All it is is exchanging a couple years. I think about the end game when Iron Man dies, right? To like defeat Thanos. 
right? All he's doing is giving those people extra years. See, what you realize is that to die for your friends, it's, it's to realize that, that you and I are just sacrificing a few extra years. That I might have a few less years, you know, a few more years, but, but I can't really give my life for someone because it's already forfeit. See, I was going to die anyways. The Bible says that death is an executioner. The Bible says that none of us voluntarily die. That all of us have death coming to our doorstep one day. See, our lives are forfeit because it's the punishment. It says the wage of sin is death. There's not a single person online on this live stream, on Facebook or Instagram, who can die voluntarily. You can give up a couple of years. But you can't give up your life because your life is already on its way out. See, Jesus is the only friend who didn't have to die at all. Jesus is the only one because he had a perfect record and death had no claim on him. That's so why in John 10, Jesus says here, that no one takes my life from me, but I lay down of my own accord. There's not a person right now out there who can possibly do that for someone else. You can lay down a few years. You can exchange a few years maybe. But you can't lay down your life because your life is already forfeit. In other words, you're just paying a debt a little bit earlier. But Jesus is the one who's looking at you and I and said, because death has no claim on me, because my record is perfect, that if I die for you and I, that doesn't just give me a few extra years. It means that I pay for every sin and every debt you've ever had. That I can vanquish death and its hold over you. I am your substitute. I stand for you. I stand with you. And I'm always going to be there because of that. That's real friendship. Friendship, real friendship, is laying down his life for us. And that makes us available for other people. See, no one has ever done that for you and I, but what Jesus is saying here is that death, his death actually saves us and makes us a better friend for other people. See, a friend is, is someone who will always let us in and will always be there, and it's Jesus. I think so often we look at our lives like a car, right? Like we're driving along, and Jesus, when we become a Christian, he shows up in our car, in our passenger seat, and we think a lot of times like a Christian life is having like this GPS on our dashboard, and Jesus comes in our car and just like programs it, and then puts it in, and it's like, okay, now the rest of your life is going to be like blessed or perfect or amazing or without pain and suffering. See, Jesus shows up and he gets in the car. He doesn't give you a map of the world. He doesn't give you a map of the city. What he's trying to say is, take this next left. Take this next right. And so often we're like, where are we going, Jesus? I don't like this. I don't think this is the right way to go. If you get a car with me and my wife, right, like GPS or, or any kind of map stuff, like in our car is always like a tension point because I'm like, well, what lane do I have to be in? I think our relationship with Jesus is a lot like that. This next turn that turn. Be like, where are we going? I don't like that, Jesus. I don't want to go there. See, I think sometimes we think that being a Christian is about being told where to go. But it's not. It's having Jesus' presence in your life. It's the relationship. It's him. It's always having a friend who's always going to let you in and he's always going to be there for you. 
Like that's what it looks like to have a true friend. See, if you want to be a, friend, a great friend for someone else, you have to realize that you need a great friend in Jesus. The reason why you can show love is because you've been loved so remarkably. So you, you have a friend who will never let you down, but someone who will always be there for you. See, that's how you have a great friend. Like right now, in your living room, wherever you're at, you can accept the great, true friend who is Jesus. And because of his love, because he's always letting you in, he's, he's changing your posture from a servant and a slave to a friend. He's actually saying, walk alongside me, not, no, not in front of me like the wage of sin is, but walk alongside me. He's also saying here is that I am never going to let you down. I'm always going to be there. You have a f- true friend who's always going to be there. That's why it makes you a true friend for someone else because there's a depth of the love that he has for you. I love to pray for us that I think that we need friendships more than ever. I need friendships more than ever. And we, I think, if we're looking for like a perfect church. Like we think that Live Free is going to be a perfect church. Guess what? There's sinful, broken people right here, right now. But if we're looking to Jesus, we're looking to the gospel. That's not based on my achievement. It's based on what Christ achieved on the cross for me. It changes how I relate to people. How it changes how I relate to people at Starbucks or Third Space or Bray Jenny or downtown Kelowna. Like it changes the way I relate to people all the time. It doesn't make me feel superior, more superior than them. It makes me feel like I'm a true friend to these people who are walking alongside me every day. Let's pray. Father, you know I don't have this figured out. You know that I need a true friend. And that's you. Help me to spend time with you this week. Help me to spend time being with you. That you are leaning into my life. You've been pursuing me since my first breath. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus, that I was created for a friendship with you. And I'm thankful that I get to know you. That I get to follow you. Jesus, you don't just call me a slave or a servant, but you call me a friend. And that changes the way I relate to other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.